Section 18 of Birds of Nature, Volume 9, Number 5, May 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Trailing Arbutus, Epigea Repens. Many years ago, before the Mayflower had cast anchor in Plymouth Bay, or Columbus had landed at San Salvador, an aged Indian sat shivering in his wigwam. Vainly he had sought for fuel, and in his extremity he called upon the Great Spirit, that he might not perish with the cold. Crouching over the dying embers of his fire, he stoically awaited the end, when suddenly there appeared before him a beautiful maiden wreathed with wild flowers and carrying in her hands buds of the willow ferns and grasses draped her form and her moccasins were fashioned from pure white lilies when she breathed the landscape suddenly blossomed with a thousand hues of nature and the warm rains fell in obedience to her will under the influence of this spirit of the springtime the aged red man slumbered and as his head sank upon his breast the sunshine came out in all its splendor and a bluebird alighted on the top of the wigwam slowly the maiden passed her hand above the old indian and gradually he shrank away until nothing remained but a cluster of green leaves then taking from her bosom a cluster of rosy blossoms she concealed them among the leaves bestowing upon them her own sweetness and fragrance, and telling them that as the harbingers of spring, all who would inhale their fragrance must bow the knee in honor of the vernal goddess. The maiden then passed away through the woods and over the prairies, and wherever her footsteps lingered, there grows today the sweet-breathed mayflower. Whether or not this fanciful story relates the real origin of the trailing arbutus, ground laurel or mayflower as it is variously called in different sections of the country the fact remains that it follows closely in the footsteps of spring often pushing up its dainty blossoms through the leaves and snow it is always known as the mayflower throughout new england and the old story of its being flora's first offering to the ocean-tossed pilgrims as they landed at plymouth in appreciation of which they named it the mayflower in memory of their vessel has endeared the beautiful plant to every new england heart and has caused it to be placed in cupid's keeping along with the scotch bluebell the german cornflower and the swiss edelweiss the trailing arbutus epigea repens belongs to the heath family or ericaceae and constitutes the only species of the genus like the partridge berry which is often associated with it in pine woods and sandy soils it is still in a state of transition although it has been developing for centuries as a rule plants have the stamens and pistils in the same blossom or part in one and part in another the mayflower however does not carry out this arrangement either the anthers or the stigmas are abortive or partially so or in other words the perfect stigmas are usually associated with abortive anthers and vice versa in this manner nature has wisely provided for cross-fertilization which is accomplished largely by insects as the structure of the plant is not adapted to wind fertilization 
the chosen agents for this process are honey-bees and a few early moths and butterflies to which the nectar is served by this beautiful hebe of the spring and who carry the pollen from one flower to another a wise provision of nature has been pointed out whereby ants are kept away from the nectar which they would devour without accomplishing the purposes for which it was created every rocky hillside on which the trailing arbutus is frequently found swarms with ants that are debarred from the blossoms by hairs which project upward from the inner surfaces of the corolla and the outer surfaces of the ovary and style and effectually prevent the ants from entering but are not sufficiently rigid to keep out the larger insects as a rule the pollen-bearing flowers are larger and whiter than the others the stigma-bearing blossoms while small more than offset their defect by a rosy colour which makes the flowers far more attractive than their larger but paler rivals very little success has been achieved in domesticating the trailing arbutus it is essentially a wild creature and prefers to waste its fragrance on the desert air success may be had however if the conditions under which the plants are found growing are preserved as nearly as possible yearling plants should be selected and plenty of roots taken or results can be obtained from planting seeds but as these are difficult to obtain the other method is the more satisfactory charles s radden end of section eighteen